It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. I'm William Barber, a.k.a. WB, and this is Southern Race Week, and sitting high atop is Pitbox, is the producer to the stars, the man that every race team wished they had. Out there! Hey, Williams, glad to be back with you again this week for another awesome edition of Southern Race Week Radio. How are you doing, sir? Well, I hate that you can't see me on the old Food Depot Zoom line because I'm boasting a brand new boot, and it's not a boot from a nice leather manufacturer. It oh, really? A, yeah, it's a uh, it's a boot cast. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, leave it to me to uh, break my re-break or break my ankle or foot or something. So. And not even do anything exciting like, you know, jumping off the side of a mountain or anything. But this week on Southern Race Week, man, uh, before we just start talking about the great guests that we have, big shout out to our buddy Bubba Pollard for going to yet another track for the very first time this past weekend at Franklin County Speedway, Virginia, and walking in the track even though it was a rain delay and even though he didn't lead every single lap, he led the only lap that matters on the cars tour and walked away with a victory and a keg. I hope it's full of beer, but uh, a wooden cast keg of something and a paycheck. So congratulations to him. He's going to Oxford, uh, Maine this weekend for the Oxford Plains Speedway. Uh, Oxford 2000 or two, 250. Um, I'm so, I'm so ready to get 2020 over. I don't know about you, Alvy. I'm ready for 2025. I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> but anyway, this week on the show, Alfie, uh, NASCAR is getting ready and getting tight. We're heading down to Daytona, but you've got us a great lineup of guests. And so winner, winner, winners, get the chicken dinners. Tell me who we have. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, Bubba Pollard, we're going to speak with Lenny Patiki, the host of PRN at the track, and we're going to talk about him and some other Georgia drivers that were out and about winning uh, this past weekend, and talk about some of the events that are going to be coming up soon in the world of short track, and also Xfinity Series driver Chase Briscoe, who won over the weekend uh, at Dover. The Monster Mile will be joining us, along with uh, NASCAR Cup Series driver William Byron, two young guns in the uh, nascar series and uh you know we've gone to a race before william and we always are there on the uh, stage when they introduce the drivers and they usually have a guy who's making the announcements and then also uh you know they're always playing like some generic music or something like that and i was asking those two young guns like you know when you go to a baseball game or something like that they have a walk up a walk-up song or some kind of song they play when they come up to bat so i asked them what their song they would pick if uh they could pick like a walk a walk up song for when they get introduced at a NASCAR race. So we, we got to talk a little bit about that. So uh, we'll talk to all those great guests coming up. Hey, this is Dennis Bickmeyer, president of Richmond International Raceway, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie, yet again, bringing you another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. As we just wrapped up the latest in NASCAR news, and now it's time to the focus on the world of short track racing. That's right, grassroots racing. These are the tracks 
that the big-name drivers started at. You know, many of these drivers, they had to start somewhere, and a lot of them started at the grassroots levels and a lot of great short tracks all over this great country of ours. And one guy who has made it his mission to visit as many of these short tracks as possible is the uh, the host of PRN at the track, and he is on the Food Depot hotline right now from Charlotte, North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Lenny Bartiki. Alfie, great to be here, and I think that intro was just a new record for distance. You flung it to the farthest of the far flung. That was that, awesome. There's nothing better than going to a short track, a dirt track, somewhere out in the middle of the United States of America to watch uh, possibly the future drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, or even the uh, Truck Series, KNN. Who knows where you might see some of the, the next up-and-coming talent uh, plucked from the world of short track racing. And uh, Mr. Batiki, one name that seems to be synonymous lately with short track winning and winning is a local boy done good here from the state of Georgia, Mr. Bubba Pollard, who won yet again this past weekend and for the 10th time in his career won racing at a track that he's never, ever been to before ever in Tennessee. So, Mr. Batiki, what are your thoughts on the latest accomplishment, the latest accomplishment, and the latest win for Bubba Pollard. Oh, it was impressive. I uh, got an opportunity to be there when he did it, and uh, he's just such a class act as a person. Always a gentleman. Got to speak with him uh, beforehand of the race. Got to play around a little bit. I mean, he just he gets it that uh, you know it's a a big deal when his team provides him a car at, at one of these races. The fans. You know, get excited, but you know he's just such a, a good human being to be around. And uh, you know, we we actually talked about uh, you know him wanting to go back uh, as soon as he could to run his dirt late model at Sonoma. So uh, <laughs> he likes all forms of uh, racing, whether it's the pavement that he's done so good on, or as he's done pretty well with the crate late model at Sonoma and other places. Um, it's neat to watch. He's just got so much skill. And a name from the past, uh, there were two Cars Tour races at Franklin County Speedway over the weekend, and the second half was run by the grandson, now this name will be one that folks will remember, Freddie Fryer, who won a couple of snowball derbies and a number of other races across the southeast. Well, his grandson, Jared, was in a, just a tremendous battle with a guy named Mike Looney, who won the Martinsville late model race a couple of years ago. They went at it lap after lap, four laps in a row. They were touching, they were bumping, but they never were out to wreck each other. They were there to really go mano a mano, and it was awesome. And Fryer took the win, and you could just tell his grandfather watching from above was helping steer that thing in the right direction. Sometimes when it looked like it just couldn't make it back. Well, and as you mentioned, you're always uh, on the road traveling and, and keeping up with the world of short track news. So what are some of the other results and wins that kind of, that uh, drew your attention from this past weekend that you want to let us know about? Well, Georgia driver Donald McIntosh uh, went up uh, just over the border to I-75 Speedway in Tennessee and got an Ironman win up there. I thought that was neat. A lot of really strong running from Braden Yawn, who's over at Oglethorpe Speedway. This is like his fifth uh, late model win there. So Braden Yawn is going to be uh, that track's champion in late models. It's awesome to see. Dylan Knowles, another win at uh, Dixie, Bubba Russell capturing the big trophy up at Hartwell. And I know he's from South Carolina, but it's, again, just over the border. Uh, Zach Mitchell, 
with the help of uh, Peach State fans and South Carolina fans and fans from all over the country, uh, got the people's vote to go into that uh, select race that'll be happening in a couple of weeks at Eldora. So I think everybody's got to be pretty happy with that. Um, Caleb Hetty, the Atlanta Motor Speedway Pro Champion in the Legends, won up at Anderson Motor Speedway. And uh, speaking of which, Atlanta Motor Speedway ran the Georgia Legends. Mason Maggio, Kale Hall, and Blaze Crawford amongst the winners there. So I, I'm telling you, wherever a Georgia driver goes, the rest of the place knows it. They pay attention, and uh, a lot of times they just have to follow them to the checkers. Another name you mentioned there, Blaze Crawford, who is the semi-pro champion there at Atlanta Motor Speedway during uh, Thursday Thunder just a few weeks ago, headed to Charlotte Motor Speedway in one of the uh, in one one of the summer shootout races just a few weeks ago. Blaze Crawford is really starting to uh, make a name of himself. He was pretty dominant during the uh, Thursday Thunder series at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, what are your thoughts on Blaze Crawford, and, uh, and and what do you think of his illustrious career so far? Well, I, I think it's great, and and he's going on to an even greater mission. Yes, he is, is going to follow his father's footsteps and join the Air Force, and we're seeing the final races of that career for at least the uh, you know the stint that he's in the Air Force. And uh, I just uh, can't can't believe such a, a great young man, a talented driver, and to uh, you know protect our freedoms and constitution like he's going to be doing. Uh, it just makes you so proud that the uh, Georgia Legends Series at Atlanta Motor Speedway has produced such a great patriot in Blaze Crawford. Our hearts, our thoughts, and our prayers will be riding along with him to get back to us safely and hopefully see him behind the wheel maybe sometime in the Masters Division someday. Fayetteville, Georgia uh, resident, and he'll be traveling to Las Vegas here in October, I believe, for uh, their big finals going out there at Las Vegas. He was telling me a little bit about that and how excited and Fired, uh, fired up he is uh, for that event that will be going on in Vegas here uh, shortly. Now, uh, you had the great honor and privilege kind of closing up uh, another short track. Myrtle Beach uh, had their last race uh, just a few weeks ago. You had the great privilege and honor of being able to be there to call and, and broadcast and cover that last great event at Myrtle Beach. And it was so great because I saw on your Twitter feed a picture of yourself from a race that you covered there way back in the day. So you have a, a lot of history and a lot of understanding of the Myrtle Beach Speedway. And uh, tell me about your thoughts of this great facility uh, closing its doors, another short track that's uh, going to be uh, laid off to the pasture, I guess you can say. Yeah, you know, uh, Myrtle Beach Speedway really was, uh, their fate had been dealt uh, years before as the construction and uh, the tourism boom continued to happen there at Myrtle Beach, the progress growing around them. There was just no way that long term this was going to be a, a place that could continue to uh, race cars uh, really at the back door of Wacoma Pottery, where all the people were going for discounts. So, uh, you know, it was uh, neat that NBC and Track Pass and Pit Row uh, TV and Speed Sport uh, TV got together and produced a uh, show so we could, you know, kind of wish the uh, old track goodbye and to see uh, the winningest driver ever at Myrtle Beach, uh, Sam Yarborough, take the win. But I can remember back, as you said, that picture of me uh, with Bill Hennessy from the Dash Series days in the early 90s and getting to uh, see the track when, Dale Jr. was just a, a driver hoping to be as good as his sister back then, who was a really good late model driver back in her day. Um, just some great times down there, and uh, it'll be a place in NASCAR history that we'll always remember. Uh, and hopefully now that uh, all the um, track personnel and, and such move to Florence Motor Speedway, which is right off I-95, that maybe more folks from Georgia can scoot up the road and uh, participate there. 
And then if they want to have some fun at Myrtle Beach, it's only an hour or so uh, east after that. But I think Florence Motor Speedway is uh, where a lot of the hearts of the Myrtle Beach folks will end up. And, uh, hey, that track was on its edge of not being able to maintain. And now with the uh, rebirth, so to speak, of Myrtle Beach Speedway helping it grow, um, at least we've got Florence to uh, fall back on for the uh, years to come. Speaking with Lenny Batiki here, the host of PRN at the Track, which is gives you all the latest news in short track, not only in the southeast, but also the uh, Midwest as well. And uh, Lenny, let's get a sneak preview of what's coming up on the calendar. I know the weather's going to be uh, kind of up in the air a little bit with all the hurricane action going on along the uh, coast and everything. But uh, as far as events are going to be coming up here over the next uh, few weeks or so, what's something we should be jotting down on our calendar as an, uh, as an event or, or something we should be looking forward to uh, checking out? Well, I, I think Atlantis Motor Speedway is going to continue to have Legend Series races uh, for the weeks to come. And that's always, you know, it's such a beautiful facility. It's well run. Uh, those cars get out there and, and see them. And uh, I believe they have a uh, Facebook page where you can mm-hmm. tune into as well. And the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Models will be up at Livonia uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, make your plans to go up there. That one should be a really exciting event. Brandon Shepard, uh, probably the best dirt late model driver in the country. Uh, and, and not just this year, but over the past years, is going to be participating. That's a race that you want to see. And those would be two that would jump off the page at me. And any of the uh, grassroots there, uh, tracks within Georgia that you can get out to. And we mentioned a number of them. Uh, make your plans to do so because... Uh, you know, winter won't be that far away. The track championships will come. There'll be some special races, but it'll start to be a little bit more limited and rare. So get it while you can. Go out and support those grassroots tracks. And uh, remember, there's a couple just over the border uh, in Alabama, a couple uh, over the border in Tennessee, and even in South Carolina. So uh, there's a lot of variety and a lot of opportunity to see some rising stars at their home tracks. Well, of course, another way to get the latest in short track info and the latest great interviews with some of the greatest drivers is listening to PRN at the track, which is available as a, at a, as a podcast at goprn.com. And uh, Lenny Patiki is always on top of the latest short track news and the great interviews he provides for you there at PRN at the track, which is available at goprn.com. Now, Lenny, if our listeners want to keep up with you and uh, follow what's going on in the social media world, where can they go to keep up with things? Hey, lock us in at PRN at the track on Twitter. We push out all the information as much as we can get it each day of the week. PRN's at the track on Twitter. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram, PRN at the track. All right. Well, Mr. Patiki, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, keep safe. Keep hunkered down during the weekend. And we'll talk to you again soon, my friends. Thanks for having us on, Alfie. Always a pleasure. Talk to you later. I'm Kayla Vinci from Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio on the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We're having some technical difficulties right now, but we're back. We're good. Everything's ready to go. We have a special guest on the Zoom, uh, de- uh, the, the Food Depot Zoom line right now. Let's welcome in from his man cave in an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chip Briscoe! We gotta uh, have Mr. you every week. Mr. Briscoe, I've been saying that for years to people I've interviewed, because that's usually how I like to welcome my guests into the show. I think uh, when you have a big-time guest on the show, you should introduce them in a big-time deal. And I've noticed, like, in Major League Baseball, you know, uh, bat- batters have their own walk-up songs or, or, or walk-up, you know, music they get when they come up the bat. And I've been to a few races, and you guys do a great job of driving introductions. I think it's great. 
But I've always wondered, why don't you guys do something cool like that, where you guys have walk-up songs or a walk-up theme, and I could be there with a microphone introducing you guys. So I've always wondered, if you had a walk-up song, a song you'd come out to when they did your introduction, what would your song be? Well, it's a great question, and uh, I've got one picked out, but I, we definitely need that. I think, you know, that's one thing that's awesome about Major League Baseball is, you know, you almost get to see that driver's personality in their song and what hypes them up. And, you know, when we're going out the driver intros, that's normally, you know, that's when the adrenaline kind of starts pumping. And then we have the same generic song week in, week out for everybody. So <laughs> if we could pick our own song, that would be awesome. But mine would be, I'm a huge Motley Crue fan, so uh, mine would be Wild Side. Wait a minute, I'm looking at your birth date here. You were born in 1994. <laughs> and you're the yeah. Motley Crue, so you're so you're an old school classic rocker kid. I, I mean, I like a little bit of everything, but Motley Crue is definitely, if I'm trying to get pumped up for a race, I'm listening to Motley Crue 100%. And uh, do, you, do you have another song as a backup? Or like, do you have like another song you would go between, between Motley Crue that'd be on the other end of the spectrum? Um, Well, another Motley Crue song would be Take Me to the Top because <laughs> kind of an inside story is I love running the top of the racetracks. I hate running the bottom. So take me to the top. That would be like take me to the top of the racetrack. So that would be my second choice. Maybe you, maybe we could talk to Motley Crue and we could do a remake of that song where they could focus on the top side of the track and then you could be hey, like a, guest, a guest background vocalist. Or do you, or do you play an instrument? I, I played drums in junior high. I was terrible though. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't do it too. I'm not very good. Now, uh, Chase, I love reading bios because we know you're already an awesome driver. We, that, that information has already been sealed, delivered, and everyone has read it. But reading here in your bio, I see that you're a third-generation driver. So your father, your grandfather probably helped mold you into the driver you are. And I know that puts a lot of pressure on someone because a third-generation anything, you got pressure from above to want to follow in the footsteps of, of your family tree, your father and your, and your grandfather. Did your, did your family put a lot of pressure on you to race, or was it something that you just kind of gradually fell in love with? Yeah, so my grandpa started owning cars in 1974. He only raced twice. The second night he raced, one of his best friends got killed, and he's like, man, this is, this is not for me. So he just decided that he liked working on them, and he just started hiring drivers. So he did that, um, actually won over 500 races as an owner. And then my dad started racing uh, when he graduated high school, and you know, he raced for over 20 years, won over 200 races. So, you know, you would have thought they wanted me to race, but it was kind of the exact opposite. They tried to convince me not to race. They did not want me to race at all. And I was the one that is literally every day would beg and beg and beg. And my grandpa was more on the side of things that wanted me to race, but my dad did not really want me to at all. You know, growing up, he wouldn't let me get on a go-kart, four-wheeler, none of that, because he felt like it was too dangerous. So, you know, I got a, a really late start compared to a lot of other kids. Um, you know, a lot of kids now start four or five years old and race literally 80 races a year. And I raced twice when I was seven. Uh, didn't race again until I was 11. So I got a, a really late start. And, you know, I think the most races I ever ran in my life up till really the last couple of years was maybe 20 to 25 where, you know, some guys racing over 100 times a year. So I didn't do a lot of racing growing up. Uh, just because my dad and were so busy racing, we didn't really have the money to be doing both anyways. So uh, I was kind of thrown to the side on that side of things. Uh, speaking with Chase Briscoe here on Southern Race Week Radio, and you're an Indiana native, as I'm looking at your bio here, uh, your team owner, uh, Mr. Tony Stewart, also an Indiana native. So we know Indiana is grassroots for racing. you got the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500, so many great events there. 
uh, racing is such a big thing. Basketball and racing is what I associate with um, <laughs> yeah. the state of Indiana. So um, having Tony Stewart as your mentor, your race owner, your team owner, um, we know what kind of a personality he has on the track when he's out there racing, but how's he like behind the scenes when the cameras aren't on and you guys just have times to yourself? Uh, what, what do you, what has impressed you the most about working with Tony? Yeah, I think one thing that, you know, Tony definitely can kind of get a bad rap for being a hothead and, you know, truthfully off the racetrack, he's one of the, the nicest guys you've ever met in your life. He's got a huge heart. He does a ton of stuff that nobody ever even hears about or finds out about charities and, you know, a lot of times if another driver gets hurt, even at the grassroots level, you know, he'll send his plane out to, to pick up his family if they're somewhere else or help out on the medical bills. So, you know, Tony's got a, a huge heart. And, you know, that's one thing a lot of people probably don't know about him, but he's super passionate. He's really big into animals and, and rescuing animals and stuff like that. So, you know, Tony's a super nice guy off the racetrack. He loves to have fun and bust you up. Uh, you know, he'll make fun of you just like anybody else. And, He's really good about pushing your buttons, but not too much. Uh, and that's just how he is as a guy. Well, you know, we've been going through this quarantine situation, the COVID-19, thanks to NASCAR. You guys were the, one of the first really major sports. Uh, uh, the, the bull riding was going on. I think MMA was going on. But you guys were the first big sport to, to bring us back into some sort of reality. You know, baseball's just started up, hockey, basketball. Uh, for yourself, I don't know how big a sports fan you are, but as far as just during, the, during this time – with these other sports starting up, college football still kind of a question mark. What are your thoughts on sports helping, especially your sport, the sport of NASCAR, helping this country deal with what's been going on with the COVID-19 and, and this whole craziness that is 2020? Yeah, I don't think anybody really realized how much we rely on sports until they were gone. You know, it's something that, you know, obviously with the economy, it's a huge thing with, you know, the amount of people that travel and use hotels and all this stuff, but just for camaraderie, you know, cheering for your team, you know, helping you in tough times and, you know, all these things, you know, people rely on sports a lot more. Than I think all of us realized and, you know, for us to be able to be the first, you know, major sport back was a huge deal. And I think, you know, NASCAR saw a lot of people watching and hopefully hooked a lot of new fans, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that all the sports can get back to normal. It's a, you know, a, a huge part of, of any sporting event. And what makes the atmosphere so fun is, is the fans. And, you know, we haven't had that. And, you know, really no sport has that right now. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to win four races during the comeback. And, you know, all four of them, you're super excited. But it's not the same when you get out and it's completely silent. You kind of feed off the fans' reaction. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for football and basketball and all these things to, to come back and you know hopefully they can have fans back soon and and that's when it feels like a show you know right now we know that they're all watching on tv but it's it's tough when there's nobody in the fan or in the stands uh mr briscoe if our listeners want to keep up with you on social media follow you around see what's going on with you where can they go to get that information and follow you yeah so i'm on all of the, the three major platforms so you, you can go to chasebriscoe.com that'll actually show you where to go to all of them but uh, Twitter is probably where I'm the most active than uh, Instagram and Facebook, but we're, we're on all three of them. So just go to chasebriscoe.com and, and you can kind of find your way to each and every one of them. And that's where I was right now as I was checking yeah, out your bio. Yeah, you Look at that fantastic picture of you right there on the yeah, website. We so, so I know he's taken ladies, but if you have an opportunity, go <laughs> check out his picture there at the chasebriscoe.com and follow him all over the social media world. Uh, Mr. Briscoe, well, thank you so much for taking us some time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. And uh, hopefully we talk to you again down the road sometime soon, sir. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, this is NASCAR driver Trevor Bain, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie bringing you yet another brand-new edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we continue to bring you the biggest names in NASCAR, Trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series as well. And we are very honored and privileged to welcome into the program here via the Food Depot Zoom line from, it looks like, some kitchen in a home somewhere in an undisclosed location in the United States of America. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the driver of the number 24 car for Hendrick Motorsports. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. William Byron! Uh, Mr. Byron, thank you so much for taking time out of a busy day to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're doing extremely well there in that room you're in with a uh, refrigerator that is uh, sitting behind you, which uh, absolutely, looks, uh, absolutely looks beautiful. I was uh, a big fan of The Price is Right growing up, and I'm looking at that refrigerator right there. I think it retails for somewhere at around $8.99 is what I'm going to go with, but I'm not sure because I did not buy that. Am, am I somewhere close? Um, you might be. I don't know. I live in an apartment. It was already here when I got oh. here. Well, then ask, the, ask your landlord how much it was and see if I was somewhere close to uh, the correct uh, uh, price there. You know, Mr. Byron, we know how an amazing driver you are. Uh, we know how awesome you are and, and, and your career and everything like that through the ranks. Uh, for maybe some of our listeners out there, maybe not know much about you, uh, how did you get into the sport? What for you was uh, that one thing that might have bit the bug for you to, to do what you do uh, week in and week out? Yeah, for me, it was iRacing. Um, you know, I started out going to races when I was six years old and probably went to seven or eight NASCAR events every year, both Martinsville races, both Charlotte races, um, even the all-star race, and then um, a couple of random ones here and there, maybe Bristol and some other ones. So I, I've always enjoyed going to NASCAR races and was a fan of it growing up. And then iRacing kind of let me, allowed me to get into it on the, on the driver's side and and then progressed into legend cars after that and, and really um, progressed all the way through the ranks. Now, um, you're, you're a sport that is driven by the fans. Of all the major sports out there, I really consider you guys the best at being there for your fans, signing autographs, meeting people, thanking those who come and, and spend their hard-earned money at, at a NASCAR event. Uh, you guys are, the, I think, the most fan-friendly and interactive with your fans. But now you're going through a difficult time because – during this COVID-19 situation, there are not a lot of fans at some of the races. Now, luckily, NASCAR has had some of the biggest crowds uh, so far for some events that you guys have had. But for a majority of the races, there's no fans. So for you, who probably might feed off those fans, like at introduction or walking through the pit area or garage and seeing people, for you, how's that experience like walking through the garage and getting ready for a race when there's no one there? Yeah, it's different. It um, kind of takes the uh... – adrenaline and um you know i guess the event aspect of it out out a little bit so it kind of makes it more of um just a race and kind of not really as much excitement around the pre and post race but when we're in the cars the the race feels the same you know and um you know we're we're interested in, and hopefully we'll have them back as soon as possible now i was talking to a few drivers over the last few weeks something interesting i thought of one of the funnest things I do as a fan when I go to a race is the introduction. I love being there at the stage, hearing you guys get called, coming out on stage, doing high fives and all that kind of stuff. But I notice at some of the events, it's always the same song, same music, whatever like that. 
I know for like baseball players, they have a walk-up song or or a song they're playing when they come up to get ready for their first at bat or whatever. For you, do you, if you had an opportunity to pick up your walk-up song, the song that you would like to come out to for your introduction to the audience, is there a particular song that you'd want played for yourself as you were coming out? Oh man, I I like um I'm kind of an old school music person, so I I think like '80s rock or uh, or maybe something like Metallica or something would be nice. Uh, I don't know. I guess um, anything that's kind of like pump up music and not uh, not too far out there. I'm not a heavy metal person or anything like that. So just uh, something that would be pretty mainstream that everyone everyone knows. Uh, I don't. I never. I'm not a huge fan of when somebody chooses a song that only a third of the people at the track know. So uh, I don't think that really does a lot. All right. Now, like, you know, it's kind of interesting doing these Zoom interviews now because you get to see, like, it, it feels like I'm watching you on an, an old school MTV episode of Cribs. And, and one of the <laughs> things, and speaking of your refrigerator, they always do that weird thing where they look at people's inside people's refrigerators. And I always thought that was just kind of weird. Like, I don't know. I, I don't care how many eggs or how many high C things you have in your refrigerator, but I'm kind of curious. Is there something in your refrigerator that I th- that you think would shock people to know that you would have in there? Because we might think of you as an athlete and probably eating healthy. Uh, do you have anything yeah. that is kind of shocking that you think you have? Man, uh, I've got some Jello, so that's probably that's probably not everybody's <laughs> choice. But I like Jello. Um, man, I've got a lot of different cheeses. I don't know. I'm big cheese guy. Big right. big cheese dip, big cheese dip, big spinach dip person. So I've got all those. See, um, I'm a I'm a cheese slice guy. My wife hates me for this because I'll eat the craft single slices but I have the worst habit of taking the wrapper and then just leaving it on, on the counter in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's, it's like I'm every day I'm literally eating like three or four just slices of cheese. I leave the wrappers everywhere and she gets <laughs> on to me all the time about that. So that's, that's a bad habit. So if you ever, you know, just remember that always kids, if you're listening to this radio show, if you open up and eat craft singles, cheese wrappers, just take the wrappers and just throw them in the trash can. It's simple and it's easy. And you won't get <laughs> Now, uh, William, if our listeners want to keep up with you on social media, follow what's going on with you and your career, where can they go to uh, keep up with you, sir? Yeah, just go to at William Byron on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's the same. It's the same on Instagram as well. So I, I, I typically I like Instagram more. Uh, I feel like it it pictures are always a great way to express yourself. So um, I like those two platforms. Well, uh, Mr. Byron, uh, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, my friend. Um, just good luck for you the remainder of the season, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road again. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. This is Natalie Decker, driver for Nice Motorsports, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Well, you know, uh, Alfie, uh, I hate to tell you, but um, our social media and our, um, our podcast is getting real popular. I, well, that's what I've heard. I heard it's the... The, the newest podcast is Sweep of the Nation, uh, WB. Uh, you know, um, I, iTunes. Um, yes. Southern Race Week is on uh, SoundCloud. Correct. And Southern Race Week is on Spotify. They can go to any other show and talk about how their, uh, how their car's handling and, and how this tire is affected by this yeah. weather and temperature. You know, they can do that all day. For instance, yeah. Chase Briscoe and William Byron, we know what song they want to play when they want to, when they, their walk-up song, when they get introduced to the race. And just like when, when, you know, when talking with Kevin Harvick, finding out the one thing that he learned during COVID was how to use a grill himself. You don't know how to use a grill, Kevin Harvick? Come on, man. Come on. Let me get Johnsonville as your sponsor. I bet everybody else knows how to use a grill. Come on. Here we go. But here on Southern Race Week, uh, Alfie, great show this week. Uh, 
Thank you again. Don't forget y'all can find us on facebook.com slash Southern race week. That's facebook.com slash Southern race week. If you want to catch Southern race week on Twitter, it's SRW radio. And if you want to catch Alfie on Twitter, it's Alfie at underscore 19. You can catch me on Twitter at WB radio network. And then you can always catch me on Instagram at William Barber. Don't forget, if you need us, you can find us. You can follow us. You got a track we need to be talking about. Or you want to hear more feedback, flackback, or crap back about your favorite driver, you can email Alfie directly at srwradio at yahoo.com. Once again, that's srwradio at yahoo.com. And it's also available there on our – when you go to our Twitter homepage, the email address is uh, there as well as also at the Facebook page. Don't forget, if you're looking for something great to do, check out Southern Race Week on Facebook. Keep you up to speed on everything that's going on all throughout the race weekend. Until next week, I'm William Barber. And I'm Alfie. We'll see y'all at a racetrack near you. <laughs>